What is going on, guys? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash podcast. I am your host, Dale Liver. That's a way to start the show for sure. All right, guys. Like I said, this is the newest edition of Fistful of Cash Podcast brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Go to MyBookie.ag, enter promo code Give Me Cash, Get 50% match on your initial deposit. As you can tell, I am flying absolutely solo tonight as Brother Bear is a little under the weather. He's had finals week and everything else, so he's a little bit tired, but that's okay because I'm here and I know what to do. When I have the time to do it, and I have plenty of time tonight, I got no distractions and nothing in the way, so I just want to dive right into it. Very rarely do we get these opportunities to just sort of sit down, relax, chit-chat, and talk, and you know, I'm thankful for this one tonight for sure, and uh, there's just been a couple things, especially with the holidays coming up, that I wanted to touch base with you guys about. Uh, we are planning on doing a, a giveaway next week, so that'll be cool. That'll be something to stay tuned as far as social media goes for sure. Um, but, you know, I try to just peel back the curtain a little bit. I know these Friday shows are a lot more business-oriented, and I like to keep things that way for you guys. But it's been a busy couple weeks. It's been a whirlwind couple months. And, uh, you know, I was I was looking for something festive to start the show with, and got me thinking about all my favorite Christmas songs and I, f- I feel like it's a tie. Well, it's, it's a pretty close race on, on my two favorite Christmas songs. And, uh, the first, my favorite, I, I see that is my favorite Christmas song is Mary. Did you know, man, I love that song. I really do something about the, uh, just the lyrics and you know, the, the delivery when done well, is just a fan, uh, fantastic song. I also like Go Tell It on the Mountain. I think that's another underrated Christmas song. I'll tell you what Christmas song sucks. And I, you know, I don't know who the people are that like this song, but if if you're one of them, you know, I, I don't, you're almost like Patrick Mahomes eating ketchup on your steak. 
if you like uh, drum roll here, if you like Christmas shoes as a song, especially as as a oh, as a Christmas song, I don't even want to classify it as that because it's not. It is one of the worst like musical arrangements of all time, and the lyrics are the worst. Uh, if you're not familiar with Christmas shoes, it's about a kid that's poor. That's pretty sad at Christmas time, but Tiny Tim had that covered. It's about a kid with a troubled relationship with his mom, and you know we covered that in a Christmas story. And then it's also about a dad that cares too much which we did in National Lampoon's Family Christmas, or Christmas Vacation, rather, sorry. But they take a weird turn with this song, and they put them all together. And what you have here is a poor kid that lives in a poor family whose mom, not a troubled relationship, she's dying, and the dad won't leave the bedside because the mom's so sick. So he's sending his kid out with very minimal money in hopes that saying, you know, uh, get back to me soon, because if you don't, your mom's going to be dead when you get back. Just a, just a little glance at these lyrics here, you know, um, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, so sir, I want to buy these shoes for mama, please. It's Christmas Eve and these shoes are just her size. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy says there's not much time. So you're a kid, you're at the hospital, your mom's dying, and you're like, I want to go get her a Christmas gift, and your dad's like, cool man, hurry up, you, like, you gotta go, hurry up, if you're gonna get her a gift, you gotta go, hurry up. And then this poor kid takes all of his pennies down to a shoe store, and has to, you know, argue with the dude at, at Foot Locker about whether or not he's gonna be able to get the new, you know, the new Chef Curry's for his mom before she kicks the bucket. It's it's a terrible 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 song you know and and the whole the whole sentiment at the end uh the kid says i i want her to look beautiful if mama meets jesus tonight goodness gracious are you kidding me that's not a christmas song you know that that's mental warfare is what that is so if you're a christmas shoes person apologize to the people in your life that's a terrible uh, such a terrible song gosh just not good at all all right, what is good though? Spent the last week in Colorado. Uh, I was out there for work and met with Jack at Saving Grace CBD. He's overwhelmed with the response he's gotten from this community, and you know uh, I'm I'm pumped for it as well. So it's it's great. Him and I got to sit down, chop it up for a while. It was a good time. Drank uh, drank some beers and and hung out. So you know on another episode, I will tell you guys probably probably on the upcoming Tuesday Touchback. Uh, which we will be doing. We won't be skipping that one. Uh, you know, that's, I had a near-death experience. Um, you know, put put my hands uh, in another person's, you know, put my life in another person's hands and, and, and signed up for an adventure that I wasn't ready for. I knew we weren't ready for it, both him and I. Uh, our relationship as just two humans existing together wasn't ready for it. Uh, I, as a human that was ill-prepared as far as outer garments go, was not 
uh, prepared for it, and neither was he. Uh, but thankfully, the beautiful people of Boulder, Colorado, which I absolutely love your city. There's no way I could afford to live there, but I love your city. Um, were very kind uh, and were more than willing to offer tips and tricks and uh, encouragement to my comrade and I as we nearly died on the side of a mountain. Everybody was very encouraging. I would have I would have died to a round of applause. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll cover that on a different show. But what I do want to get into real quick and get these picks out for you guys because I know that you only listen to this. Uh, you know, for the most part on these Friday shows to get these picks and get them in. Last week, we crushed UFC. So, big UFC news tonight. Uh, Francis Ngannou and Kane Velasquez. It's going down. It is in the works for UFC on ESP, ESPN1, which is going to be absolutely huge. Um, it doesn't get much bigger than Cain Velasquez as far as like who people are really excited to see come back. Uh, you know, ESPN one uh, is, is the first card on ESPN that the UFC is going to have it takes place February 17th. And here's the thing is that talking stick resort casino in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, guess what? That's at sea level. Kane at sea level is unbeatable. You can't beat him unless you put him at elevation. I was at elevation last week and I almost died. Now I know why Cain Velasquez struggles so much at elevation. It's horrible. What a terrible feeling. And when you adapt to that, like the people in Colorado and all you mountain folk do, uh, kudos to you. You are a superhuman type of person because I was up there and felt like I was breathing through a straw. Um, wow. Just absolutely wild. So Nganu versus Kane, which is great. Uh, I don't know what Nganu did to piss people off, but <laughs> somebody's really mad at him. Oh my gosh. He's going to get just melted into a puddle onto the uh, on the canvas. I cannot wait to see Kane back. It has been literal years since Kane has fought. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think when it was. I think the last time I saw Kane Velasquez fight was UFC 200, and that was in oh, what summer of uh, 2016 was UFC 200. Uh, that was the last time I, I saw Cain Velasquez fight. I don't think he's fought since then. Uh, and that was just, they were mad at, uh, you know, Travis Brown for taking Ronda Rousey off the market and having her more interested in dudes than fighting. And uh, they just wanted to see him get beat up. And he most certainly did that. Goodness gracious. Um, my only problem with Cain, he's only fought like twice in the last five years, six years, something like that, which sucks. Uh, but man, you know, healthy Kane at sea level is the scariest fighter of all time and possibly the greatest heavyweight of all time. Not the greatest fighter of all time. That's Daniel Cormier. Don't at me. It is. You can't prove me wrong. Uh, anyway, here we go. We got fights. We got them this weekend. Real quick, you do have a Bellator card. We normally avoid Bellator cards, and guess what? We're going to do the same thing for this one. Yeah, we're not doing Bellator at all because I just can't. Michael Chandler's back, though, and I love watching Michael Chandler fight. Uh, he's fighting Brent Primus. going to get hopefully get that belt back after that weird ankle injury, but Brent Primus is no slouch either, so all the same. Still going to avoid that. Um Upcoming events, though, we do have one this weekend. UFC on Fox 31, Kevin Lee versus Raging Al Iaquinta. All right. What I'm going to do is something a little bit different since I don't have to deal with the, uh, I guess you would say, the 
the the back and forth banter between myself and another person. I'm going to give you who I like in a fight and why. You can pick outcomes and all that kind of stuff. You know, just do your thing. I'm just giving you winners. I'm giving you losers, and we're going to go from there. So, first fight on the card: Juan Adams versus Chris De La Roca. Uh, I like De La Roca in the sense that he got you know trying to think what how, how old boy said it says some punch him in that big Mexican head. That's what he's got. He's gonna be real hard to uh to get out of there. And he's coming in six four, probably about two forty five. However, he is taking on a UFC newcomer in Juan Adams. Now Juan Adams fought on Dana White's contender series and got a knockout there. Big boy six five two sixty five. He's big. Real big. Got a great nickname too the Kraken, which I love. Gotta love it. Now, he's 4-0, undefeated. He is a heavyweight. He's coming in. He's going to be a little bit heavier. He's going to be a little bit longer uh, than De La Roca. But I just feel like, uh, you know, De La Roca might be able to get it done. I don't. It's a heavyweight fight. You know, it's two big boys punching each other in the face. Anything can happen. Um, you know, De La Roca is coming off a win off Rashad Coulter, which was cool. Knocked him out uh, back when Whitaker fought Romero the second time. Uh, but he is... He lost prior to that to Adam Milstead, who is fighting on this card as well. And, you know, he, I don't know. I'm not really, so. actually, you know what I'm thinking about now? I'm not really sold on it one way or the other. Maybe just pass this fight. Lean De La Roca, pass the fight. Zach Cummings, Trevor Smith. Zach Cummings uh, is a fan favorite if you like, you know, watching guys that are there to uh, finish or be finished every time. Uh, he He's a... Uh, he doesn't know how to have a boring fight. Uh, he is, however, coming against coming in against uh, Trevor Smith. The weird thing is, both these guys have been in the UFC for five years now, which makes me feel super old. But the story with both of these guys is win one, lose one. Uh, they have been on win one, lose one since they for the last five years. The last five years. These guys have been going win one, lose one. And Cummings lost uh, his most recent fight by split decision to Michael Prezeris, uh, the tractor. And then you have Trevor Smith, who is, sorry about that, coming back off of the loss uh, against Elias Theodoro. So, with both of these guys coming off losses, you know, history would say that they're both going to win, but that's not going to happen. So maybe what we could do, we could bet the draw. That's, you know, that's a, that's always an option. You can bet the draw. I wonder what that's coming in. I don't have to do that on the side while I'm talking here. Uh, or I would lead towards Zach Cummings. Just, just, I would lead towards Zach Cummings just off of experience alone. Um, that's going to bring it in to our final fight on the UFC Fight Pass preliminary card, which starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. They are really getting this card kicked off early. Uh, I think if you're in Milwaukee, that puts it at 2.30. So imagine going, sitting at the arena at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday. Anyway. All right. Adam Milstead, Mike Rodriguez. I'm trying to think whether or not they're doing this at 2.05 or not. I think they are. Um, Because Milstead's, not a big, uh, not a big heavyweight at all. They might be doing this at two hundred five. I'll have to wait and see what weigh-ins look like. But Milstead's actually from uh, the same area that Soup and I are from, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but he does have a bad habit of getting beat the hell up. Um, so I, I'm going to side. 
with my man Mike Rodriguez here. Uh, Milstead's coming at eight and two. Rodriguez nine and three. Okay, cool. They are going to do this at uh, two oh five, which is great. So I like, uh, you know, oh boy, last time. Uh, let's see here. The last time Mike Rodriguez fought, he fought the last time Ally Aquinta fought when he fought Khabib at UFC 223, and he lost that via unanimous decision. Um, you know what? He's come. He he he's got a he's got a nice win uh, on the Contender Series, and you know I don't remember his fight with Devin Clark. I'd have to go back and watch it. I don't know whether or not it was it, what I would consider a good fight. I, I just don't I don't remember it. Um, I'll show some hometown love. I'll go. I'll lean Milstead here. I'll I'll lean Milstead. Let me see what the line is on this fight real quick, just for the sake of, uh, you know, not just shooting blindly in the dark here. Even though with some of these early, early, early cards or early fights on the card, it really does feel like that. There's just not a lot of tape out there to get good, uh, to get good feedback on them. All right, cool. So you got. Uh, all right, let's see. We got Milstead coming in here minus one fifty. All right, I'll lean. I'll lean Adam Milstead. I'll I'll go Zach Cummings or the draw, even though the prop's not out for that. And uh, I'm going to switch it up last second. Let's lean Juan Adams. Let's let's lean Juan Adams. Zach Cummings or the draw. Adam Milstead, and then we'll go from there. All right, moving up. We got Jordan Griffin versus Dan Aish. Dan Aish. Um Featherweight fighters don't know a lot about either one of these guys. Not going to pretend like I do, uh, you know. So it's, it's a little bit more difficult for me to to get out there and give you stuff when I don't know. I have seen this Aj guy fight before. He just won on, um, oh man, it was a couple, couple pay per views ago. Um, he fought a, another Spanish dude, Santiago, I think was his name. And uh, won that fight via knockout. So the dude does have knockout power, and maybe he'll get to use it here. Uh, my bookie currently has that line coming in at Aj being the minus one eighty favorite. Um, so yeah, let's lean Aj. Uh, that'll bring us to our next fight with Battle Two Vikings: Jack Hermanson versus Gerald Mirschart, uh, which is a great fight. I don't see this one going the distance at all. Jack Hermanson does have knockout power. He's got a really long neck, which I don't like. Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's a little, he's a little freaky looking. Um, sort of like a dude, if he was walking behind you at night with a hoodie on, you'd be, uh, you'd be walking a little bit faster and then you'd be doing that like Wolverine thing where you take your car keys and like you put them in between your fingers and stuff like that. You know, man, can you imagine getting punched if somebody hits you with that? Oh my Atlanta, would that be terrible? Um, Gerald Mearshart, uh, coming off two wins in a row. You know, uh, he, he knocked out Eric Spicely, which was which was always cool. Eric Spicely, I, I thought, man, that for some reason, oddly satisfying seeing that dude get knocked out. Uh, and then he won a he won a submission on the uh, Tavares Adesanya finale. So he's making a, a little bit of a no. I'm sorry, the, the Tavares Adesanya happened a while ago. Yeah, that's not that quick of a turnaround. Jeez, uh, yeah, that was what was that was a summer sometime. Yeah. So anyway, uh. I like I like Mearshart in this fight uh, or Mearshart. Uh, he, he's shown a little bit deeper of a skill set. Does not hit as hard as Jack Hermanson, but uh, Mearshart does have a lot of submissions on his record. Uh, if I'm if I go back and look here, he's got oh geez, 
so six. And then we're talking about his last his last couple fights. He's got he's had six out of his last ten fights have been uh, via submission. So, like I was saying, you know, Hermanson's got that weird long neck. So uh, I'm going to lean Mearshart here uh, to go ahead and get the upset here coming in at plus 140. All right, Jared Gordon, Joaquim Silva, also a pretty decent fight. Uh, Jared Gordon, you know, real hassle, uh, wrestle heavy attack. I think he's going to get the job done here. Um, so he uh, did recently lose via knockout to Diego Herrera, but you know that if you're going to get knocked out, you're going to get knocked out. I mean, it's two guys trying to punch each other in the face. I like Jared Gordon in this fight. Joaquim Silva, I think, is just slightly overmatched, uh, but he could also pull the upset. I'm going to lean, lean. Jared Gordon here. All right. Dracar Close and Bobby Green. So I like Dracar Close. I don't like Bobby Green. I actually followed Bobby Green online for a while and then stopped following him because the dude is just creepy. Uh, always putting videos up of like him licking his lips and stuff. And I don't know. He just looks like he's working out in his garage a lot. And it's just if you live in a neighborhood and you got a guy that just constantly w- walks around shirtless, licking his lips and working out in his garage, you, see what your property value is and then move to a better neighborhood that doesn't have that. Just because you, you know, have the option to take a shirt off doesn't mean that you should. Uh, and just because your lips are dry doesn't mean you should lick them. Go get some chapstick, man. You're not LO Cool J. Go get some chapstick. Put a shirt on. Go work out at a real gym. Dracar Close, uh, that's my pick for that fight. Andrea Lee, Jessica Rose Clark. I like Jessica Rose Clark in this fight. Andrea Lee is good, um, but I, she's still a little green. She's had a lot of personal life stuff going on. Jessica Rose Clark uh, has been training her butt off and is clean, is sober, and she's ready to rock and roll. Coming in a plus 200 underdog. I like Jessica Rose Clark in that fight. That's who I'm going with there. Zach Otto, Dwight Grant. Um, this hurts because I actually like Zach Otto a lot. So when I when I you know try to think about Zach Otto fights, I I sort of have to suspend whether or not I think he's at you know my fandom uh, for it here. Here's the thing about the guy he's fighting though is I don't know anything about Dwight Grant. I know he fought on the Contender series, and I don't know anything outside of that. Zach Otto, though, uh, has had a hard time as of late. Uh, you know, he's he's lost two of his last three by knockout. And, you know, his last one was to Sage Northcutt. And I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's something about getting knocked out by Sage Northcutt that really makes me lose confidence in you. Um, I, I, I guess, you know... Otto's a huge underdog, not huge, but he's a pretty sizable underdog at plus 240. I would probably just avoid this fight. Um, maybe if you're throwing it in a parlay, but even then, I would kind of avoid Otto. Just like I said, I don't know anything about this Dwight Grant guy. I know nothing about him. So I would just go ahead and let it go. All right, main card time. Charles Oliveira, Jim Miller. I listen. I want to see Jim Miller win this fight. Jim Miller is on like this career resurgence, which is great. You know, I'm super pumped for him. But stupid Charles Oliveira, uh, Oliveira. I can't. I, first of all, worst nickname in the game, Du Bronx. What is Du Bronx? I don't understand what that is. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is with Brazilian people. 
you know, it was like the same thing. I lived in Japan for a while and it was like, they didn't understand, you know, necessary, they didn't necessarily understand like just normal, um, like sayings, um, or, or logos for that matter. Uh, it, it was always, there was always some sort of weird lost in translation, uh, you know, thing. And, and I wonder if this is like a thing where like Olivera went to a gym one time and, you know, somebody, somebody said he fights like he's from New York or has attitude like he's from New York. And somebody was like, do Bronx or wow. I don't even know what Brazilian is probably super disrespectful. Uh, whatever do Bronx, uh, I, that, that that makes you know, it makes no sense to me. It's such a stupid nickname. It's 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 among my least favorite nicknames, and I hate that he always comes in. He's got those ridiculous glasses on. He never has a good haircut, and he he's got the worst nickname in the game, and he's really good at submitting people too, which I hate. I hate that he's so good at it. Jim Miller, sizable underdog here, plus two fifty. I would lean Oliveira in this fight. Jim Miller's got a little career resurgence going, like I said. But uh, this is the type of fight that Jim Miller normally loses. And as such, I would suggest avoiding it. All right, Sergio Pettis, Rob Font. All right, here's the thing about about this fight. I think Rob Font's going to win it. Um, And while that may not seem like the most in-depth breakdown, you know, there's a lot at stake here in terms of You've got Pettis coming up to Bantamweight, so Sergio Pettis' first fight at Bantamweight. I don't know what he's going to look like at Bantamweight. Maybe he'll look fantastic, and maybe he'll beat Rob Font the hell up. I don't know. Uh, but Rob Font is a pressure fighter, and he's got the ability to put a pace on people, which makes it difficult. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be one of those things, is the extra pounds going to affect Pettis' conditioning, or is he going to be more conditioned and better and primed and ready to go uh, for this fight? I don't know. So I like Rob Font just because he's a little bit bigger. He's used he's used to fighting 135ers, getting hit by 135ers. Um, but the Pettis brothers are good. You know, can't can't knock him for that. Uh, Sergio Pettis, maybe, maybe he'll find new life at Bantamweight. He was sort of floundering at flyweight, uh, so maybe this will be it for him. Now, a deep breath and a sip from my uh, orange Zevia, uh, which if any of you know anybody that works for Zevia, I would love to advertise this amazing ice-cold, sugar-free, calorie-free soda. Uh, this is just like water that tastes just like orange soda. So who loves orange soda? Dale loves orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. All right. My pick, and I said this a couple months ago, potential for fight of the year. Edson Barboza versus Dan Hooker. Uh, oh, man. Dan Hooker has looked so good lately, uh, but Edson Barboza has just fight ending capabilities with everything in his hands, in his feet, everything. It's going to be a matter of how hookers able to fight him. Uh, Barboza does not fight well going backwards. He does not fight well. If you make him stop, cause he, he needs to take that split second before he, you know, loads up and strikes. If Dan hooker can keep his legs healthy, if he can keep his legs healthy and put pressure on Barboza, I think you can get Barboza out of there. Uh, but I think the, 
I think the story of this fight, and this isn't a huge stretch with the Barboza fight, but I think it is here. I think it's Barboza's ability to get to the body. Um, yeah, chopping those legs up is going to be one thing, but I think Barboza's ability to get to the body is going to be the, the game changer in this fight. Uh, Hooker tends to stand pretty wide, almost like a Muay Thai style stance. And if Barboza can get something spinning and coming towards that midsection, we might see like a like a liver kick knockout or something to that effect, which would be awesome. All right. I'm going to lean Dan Hooker there. Lean. Lean Dan Hooker. Hard lean to Dan Hooker. Could be absolutely wrong. I, that's one of those fights, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm saying the lean just because realistically I just want everybody to just enjoy that fight. Like I don't care who wins or loses on that maybe avoid it or if you have some sort of insider information or you think one of the two scenarios I painted is going to happen go for it Barboza by KO is coming in at plus 240 uh, and Hooker by KO is coming in at plus 170 that's actually just Hooker by finish so Hooker by KO TKO DQ or submission on my bookies coming in plus 170 don't necessarily think this fight will go the distance but maybe it will I don't know Uh, Barboza hasn't been as durable lately as he's been in the past. So, uh, Barboza again on my book, he's coming in at a, uh, just, just for the finish plus two forty, which isn't bad at all. So main event, the Motown phenom. Uh, I just, if so, I, I just hope somebody else started calling him that, that feels like an Kevin Lee seems like the type of guy to give himself nicknames, um, without, you know, earning them. I feel like he probably just started calling himself the Motown Phenom as he was flexing in the mirror, looking at himself. Uh, and the, and it just, you know, just, he told everybody at the gym, they'd be like, Hey Kevin, we're going to call you the crusher. And he was like, nah, man, you gotta call me the Motown Phenom. And they were like, yeah, but can you sing? No. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're just from Detroit then. Yep. Okay. So where's the Phenom coming to play? Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Stupid. Anyway, all that to say, Ally Quintus got a win over Kevin Lee four years ago. Um, it, it was a unanimous decision for Al. And since then, uh, you know, Kevin Lee's only lost once, uh, and that was uh, to Leonardo Santos. And no, he lost to Tony Ferguson, too. I'm sorry. He lost to Tony Ferguson. And uh, Leonardo Santos. So, yeah, you know, he just, I mean, he's on a tear. He's on a different level. He's bigger. He's stronger. He looks healthier. Iaquinta is one of those dudes, though, that, you know, he's got so much other stuff going on in the world. I just wonder if he's really all bought in to this fight. It, You know, he's always screaming about his pay. Hopefully they're paying him enough for this one. He's coming in at a... Uh, pretty sizable underdog though, plus two sixty five. Now this guy did just go five rounds with Khabib, which all you McNugget lovers out there can't say. Uh, you know, so he is tough. And then there is something to be you know said about being tough. Just ask Brian Ortega, who just got the shit kicked out of him. Man, I was I was you know I think that Ortega will be a champ at some point. It's just obviously not going to be while Max Holloway's in the featherweight division. I think once Max gets tired of making the weight and goes up, then Ortega will probably win and then vacate or come up and challenge Max for the 155 belt. Ooh, wouldn't that be weird? Um, that'd be really weird. Sell some pay-per-views too. Uh, but you'd have to get, you know, you have to get do the whole Khabib, uh, Ferguson, Poirier. Uh, that's just a lot, a lot of, a lot of 55ers. Um, anyway, 
got off topic there. Uh, Kevin Lee coming in minus 330. I think this is his fight to lose. I think he's bigger. He's stronger. He's done more uh, as far as personal growth goes. Iaquint has got a lot of other stuff going on, real estate business, construction, or sandwich shops, or whatever it is that he's doing, pizza, I don't whatever he's doing. Um, I don't know if he's all in the way Kevin Lee's all in. I don't know if he's made the improvements that Kevin Lee's made. So I think that the the lean goes towards Kevin Lee here. So lean Kevin Lee, uh, you know, lean hooker, but avoid that fight really altogether. Uh, Rob Font coming in minus 170. Charles Oliveira coming in. Uh, lean Zach Otto. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark plus 200. Jakar Close. Jared Gordon. Gerald Mearshaw uh, coming in at plus 140 as well there. And then let's see, Griffin versus Aj, avoid Milstead. Yeah, and we've, we've covered all these. All right, I got them all. That's it, guys. We're going to do Patreon plays. They will be out on, they, well, they'll be out Friday night. So uh, if they're not out Friday night, that means everything's coming. All the plays for Patreon will be Sunday plays. So uh, don't always have the, biggest ability to communicate with you guys outside the podcast to tell you stuff like that. I know not having the Tuesday touchback episode came as a shock. Uh, had a couple emails and, and text messages about that. So apologies on that. I was just worn out from, from traveling and soup was sick and it's just, it's a thing anyway. Um, want to thank you guys for tuning in over and over again. Really do appreciate it. You know, it, was, it, it bears repeating because it's true. Uh, you know, you, you guys have continued to meet and exceed any and all expectations we could have possibly had uh, for this show. So it's just it's just amazing to me. And um, what I did want to do real quick, though, uh, you know, we, we've done this in the past before, and you know, something I like to do. Uh, I had mentioned before about you know those of you that live in Colorado that listen to the show, because I know that there actually is some of you out there that do, because we, we try to track as many analytical things with this as we possibly can. So, uh, you know, top cities this, this last, uh, this last week, Seattle, Mountain View, California, New Hyde Park, New York, wherever that's at, Dublin, Georgia, Loganville, Georgia, Honolulu, San Jose, Miami, and Bellevue, Illinois, coming in as our top listeners from the last episode. Appreciate you guys for that. Uh, and then top countries, as always, the UK, uh, USA all day, then followed uh, by the UK. So we had the US and then the UK um, coming in one and two, Canada, Australia, Israel, Israel holding it down again. Whoever our Israeli listener is, I love you and I appreciate you. Uh, our Irish listeners, because Ireland's coming in right behind Israel. I need to know, as a person who drinks Jameson whiskey as though it is the mother's milk itself, is Jameson like the best for the common man? You know, like for the common man, is Jameson like the people's choice? That's what I need to know. Uh, maybe not necessarily the best, but is it the people's choice? Because I, I, I strive to be a man of the people. Uh, I consider myself an, a man of the people and I want to drink the drinks of my people and, you know, our family tree, as far as lineage goes, where some people are like, I'm, I'm a quarter this and an eighth that and blah, blah, blah. You know, well, uh, last year the wife got me one of those, uh, you know, DNA test kits. 
I fully expected it to come back half caveman, half Sasquatch, but it came back about as 50-50 as one can be uh, in that uh, both Hungarian and Irish at, at just absolutely 50-50. So completely killed it. Uh, absolutely love Ireland and the culture and would love to come visit someday. So that's on that's on the old bucket list. Uh, anyway, so I need to know, Irish listeners, is Jameson the drink of the people? All right, last two, Spain and Germany. Spain and Germany. Took three years of German high school. Cannot speak a word of it. Um feel like maybe I could work my way as to whether or not you were mad at me. Uh, but even then, never understood the, uh, the way the, the, there's like, um, like gender, uh, gender, you know, pronunciations to, uh, depending on, on vowels or not vowels, nouns. Like, so, so gender nouns, like a, a male noun and a female noun, which, oh gosh, just think about that now. Imagine once like the people that are like, you know, whatever, L, B, G, Q, T, I, A, plus, whatever, you know, and they're male, female, pan, am, A, plus, dot, Z, he, zim, shim. Can you imagine when they find out that Germans attach gender pronouns? Are you, are you kidding me? They're going to freak out. Like, how dare you tell tree whether or not it's a male tree or a female tree? They're going to be so mad. Oh goodness! Which speaking again, uh, problematic. Baby, it's cold outside. Uh, considered problematic. Uh, so they're you know they pulled it and now it's been coming back in raging sport. How about I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus? It's a song about sexual assault. Nobody's in there saying that Santa uh, is giving consent. You know, that's that's not. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's not cool, man. You can't just steal kisses from people. Uh, you got to ask for permission first. And in that, in, in that instance, you should probably sign your name to the, to the note about the milk and the cookies, because realistically, uh, that's prostitution. You know, you come down milk cookies and payment for payment. And, and then all of a sudden everybody's kissing on each other. Nah, no, 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 no. That's a problematic song. Uh, yeah, don't, don't. Don't go around Christmas shoes. And I saw mama, uh, kissing Santa Claus. And they, how about what grandma got ran over by a reindeer? That's vehicular manslaughter, son. Anyway. All right, guys, I'm getting out of here. I will talk to everybody on Tuesday. If I don't talk to you on social media between now and then like subscribe, review iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. I don't care. Like sub review. Uh, if you like the show and want to support it financially, pre- appreciate that. Go to patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Uh, if you support the show financially, just because you like it and whether you, you bet or not, uh, if you do that and you go on Patreon or whatever, you'll get some exclusive member discounts. Uh, we're working our way up. Uh, Going to be sending out free shirts here pretty soon. And we will also uh, give you five to eight additional picks for the weekend, all for your donation price. So we appreciate that. Uh, go to savinggraceoil.com and use promo code CASH15. CASH15. Savinggraceoil.com. CASH15. Get 15% off your entire order. Um Tell you what, the CBD CBD game is not ready for what Saving Grace has in store. Like I said, met with Jack. Some of the products that they got coming out, I'm telling you, it's just it's going to flip the world upside down. It's so weird, you know. Might 
be that weird little niche like area that we're like, you know, where I first heard about saving grace and, you know, before they bought Amazon, uh, was on this, on this bootleg podcast talking about sports betting. And, you know, you heard it here first. Saving Grace is probably going to flip things upside down here pretty quick, guys. So anyway, try their stuff out. SavingGraceOil.com and the promo code CASH15. Get 15% off your entire order. All right, guys. I'm out of here. I'm not going to do soup sign-off. It's not right for me to do it. I don't sound good doing it. I don't like doing it. It's just not my thing. So uh, until... Oh, geez. Yeah, like I said, until Tuesday. So we'll be back for the Tuesday Touchback. If I don't talk to you guys on social media between now and then, uh, everybody have a good, safe weekend. Uh, Enjoy the holidays. And we'll figure out what we're going to do on Tuesday because of uh, Christmas and all that stuff coming up here pretty soon. So we'll figure it out. We'll get you guys posted. And uh, like I said, appreciate you guys. Thanks.